Welcome to Mix Talk. Booze and interviews straight from the heart of Oakland this afternoon. I'm Erin. That's Ann. That's Shar. You can't hear her right now. She has a drink in her hand and she's on the ones and twos. Uh, you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us at bff.fm every Monday from 6 to 6.30. We're at a Mad Oak Bar in Oakland this afternoon with a very special guest that I've been emailing with for maybe six months. I don't even know anymore. Her name's, that long. <laughs> her name's Janae Darden. Uh, we met, yeah, we met a while ago, last fall, I would say, and we just struck up a nice little conversation, and I told her that a podcast called Bitch Talk, and she got excited, and um, I got excited. She's a, a local reporter for KLW. Um, you've also reported for NPR, Time Magazine, Ebony, and the LA Times, and uh, I'm excited to have you on the show, so thank you so much. Thank you both. I'm excited to be here. Oh, good. Um, I told you before um, before we started recording, I read something literally kind of right before we got here. And so is it cool if I do a callback to this piece? Go, go for Don't it. Don't be scared. It's really good. I'm always scared. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody's like, I read your work. And I'm like, no, oh, I, 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 I think it sets the tone for... Um, Myself personally, yeah. I'm I'm about to be an, a number, another new number soon. My birthday's oh, coming up. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we're all of a certain age, uh, <laughs> even if we don't look like it we're or not. We're livid. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I read this um, on uh, CocoFly.com, okay. and it's starting your dreams later in life and embracing the detour. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it a little bit. So. Okay, great. Uh, you wrote, I thought this would all happen by the time I was 27 to 30. Nope, that wasn't God's plan for me. I'm finally beginning to do the things I've wanted to do, and I'm almost 40 years old. Some people reading this who are 40 will say, 40 is still young. Some people reading may think 40 is nearly ancient. But I'm writing this post for those who, like me, thought their career and personal dreams would come true much earlier in life. I'm here to tell you not to give up. You know, death inspires life. A number of my relatives and friends have passed away, ranging in age from 20s to 80s. Actor Luke Perry, my middle school celebrity crush, recently died at 52. Life is short. If there's something you've been wanting to do, do it. Don't trip off your age, go for it. I read yeah. that. I was almost in tears in I, my office. And I wanted to talk about this, too. We don't, Aaron and I don't right. talk about what we want to discuss, but I wanted to talk about this, too. So thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I go for, I mean, you wrote that last year in 2019. Year. Yeah. I turned 40. Congratulations. Year. Thank you. Thank yeah, you're you. more responsible than we are. <laughs> Not drinking. <laughs> I need to keep my job. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, you were turning 40 mm-hmm. and feeling all the feels. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, times have changed. You know, times are different. And so maybe when our parents, you know, were coming of age, they may have accomplished a lot of things by their 20s or 30s. My mom bought her house when she was, I think, 25, 27. But, you know, the economy's changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, things are coming later in life than what we expected. And so I was feeling, I was feeling, you know, some kind of way about that. And then I had to just kind of just, you know, and I talk to people and I talk to people older than me. And they're like, honey, 40 ain't nothing. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. they're like, 40 That's still. That's how we feel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When I was talking like 60, 70 year olds, they're like, that ain't nothing. Right. <laughs> and I have a cousin in her 60s. And sometimes she's, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. And yeah. she's, and she's, you know, pretty accomplished. But, you know, I think a lot of people 
in their, you know, maybe late 30s, mid to, you know, mid 30s and up are feeling kind of like I haven't achieved what I thought I would achieve. So. Right, right. So well, I think, I, I don't know, at. I think our generation as well, we are, we weren't thinking like our parents were. Our parents were like, or at least my parents were like, okay, by this point, I want to have kids and a family and yeah. a house. And I was shown that there are other possibilities. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, let me try this other way. Mm -hmm. And we're still maneuvering through that other way and figuring yeah. out what it looks like. Yeah. And so these definitions of success are all Absolutely. different. These yeah. Days. No, it's definitely, it's like you have to create your own definition. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm finally, I'm an author, which I always dreamt of being, and mm -hmm. like being on the radio regularly. And, and just getting my, my, my work out there, it's like it's starting to happen. Being here, mm -hmm. you know, um, I was like, I dreamt of being on something called Bitch Talk. We're here. We're here with open arms. I'm going to be on the show called Bitch Talk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, now it's starting to come, you know, it's starting to happen. But, you know, maybe when I was younger, it wasn't the right time, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you kind of got to grow and, and mature and just learn and experience things when it is the right time. Yeah. Well, I think also this coming from you, if you look at your resume, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, your yeah. life is very impressive. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that you're still evolving and growing and learning all these new things. But I'm like, that's a that's a fine resume, in my opinion. Like, you have nothing to, you have a you great know. LinkedIn page. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, if, if you want to answer that. Well, you know, I mean, Quote. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed, like, I've been able to do a lot of things, but, you know, when the market crashed, it was oh. rough, you know, I was, like, working at NPR, was living in L.A., we were talking about this earlier, yeah. I was having a good time, loving, having a good time, <laughs> working at NPR, you know, and then the market crashed, and I was in my mid late 20s, and I was, you know, working jobs, odd jobs, and, and, and I was on unemployment for a while, and then I realized, I was like, I have to move back home. And so I had to like move back home and swallow my pride at 30. And it was funny, I remember um, I was at home and I started blogging, and the reason why I started blogging was because I was like, I just need to keep work working that writer's muscle. Mm -hmm. And so, so people would call my mother to say, what's Janae doing now? But you know, my mother used to be able to brag about me. And it was funny. She's like, well, she has a blog. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, heard, I heard her <laughs> in the room, in, in the back room. And I said, oh. I knew she knew I was working hard. But you know, when I heard that, I was thinking, I really need to push it a little bit more. So, But you know, I mean, the market crashed. There was nothing I could do. So yeah, I was, a I, I was blogging and eating peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. At peanut butter jelly sandwiches at home <laughs> yeah. at 30. And I felt ashamed. You know, yeah. But it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my right. fault that the market crashed. So. No, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> right, right. But I think, you know, sometimes you blame yourself when things happen. Mm. And especially if you had certain standards for yourself. Yeah. So. Well, I was, um, I was talking about that this morning, about standards, but also people that are able to figure it out yeah. and not figure it out with the nine to five and really, right. really hustling. And I had to talk about um, the people in my life that do that, but the sacrifices that they make oh, yeah, no. to do that, yeah. which is the peanut butter sandwiches right. or living with a family member to make yeah. it work. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a well-crafted path. It's not. <laughs> and hustling is not. I mean, I know hustling is romanticized, and hustling is very much it's so. hard. Yeah, it's hard to hustle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's times I go and do readings, or, or you know, I may do a story and I'm tired, but I need to do it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not with I one know, eye open. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, people are like, I don't sleep. I'm like, no, sleep. 
go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. <laughs> looking at my I producer Shar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm working on improving my sleep hygiene. Yeah, you know, it's it's a thing. Yeah, it yeah. is. But you know, I do not glorify hustling, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I could wake up and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, no, and, and just be catered to. And just be yeah. catered to. No, yeah. I, I. Normally on Bitch Talk, um, when we have new new guests on, we kind of go into their origin story. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. not going there yet. Okay. But um, but your your writing background and your reporting background, can we can we talk about that and where it came from and your interests? Yeah, I, I think it runs in my blood. So my grandfather, one of my grandfathers, was a storyteller. Uh, always had a story. Anytime you saw him, always had a story. <laughs> and then I just found out my other grandfather. He used to be a reporter for, on the Navy ship. Oh. He just told me this. I'm like, I've known cool. you 40 years. 40 years. You're just not telling me you were. <laughs> My mom didn't even know. She was like, what? You were oh. on the Navy ship? So he was, he's a journalist. Dur- during the war? Or? I forgot which, which, which war it was. Okay. But yeah, he was a reporter on the Navy ship. So, so it's in your blood a little so, bit. So yeah. So when, when he told me that, I was like, well, no wonder I liked Because he always was very passionate about defending journalists. And, oh. which, you know, I just thought he was just all about the First Amendment. I was like, well, that's because you are one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, so, it came from somewhere. Right, it yeah. came from somewhere. Um, but I always, I've always loved writing. My mother gave me a journal when I was seven, which I write about in the book. So she, um, back in the 80s, picture it, back in the 80s, right? <laughs> <laughs> so picture it. Yeah, so Sophia, Sophia, yes. Picture 1987. Yes. <laughs> I can picture my 1987, yeah. <laughs> So this is like back in the days yeah. where like women would wear sneakers yeah. over their stock, over their pantyhose. Oh, pantyhose. God, the socks <laughs> and sneakers, yeah. yes. Pumps Reeboks. Yes. <laughs> so that was my mom yep. getting on the train at Coliseum, taking the train to San Francisco. She was working at Pacific Bell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember Pacific Bell. Pac yep, Bell. Pac Bell. Worked, yep. yeah, worked for the phone company. Uh, and she saw this She saw this small brown little nine ring binder in the office supply closet. And so she took it, and Pacific Bell can afford to lose it. It's <laughs> time, yes. I'm like, they're out of business. It's fine. Yeah. No worries. Um, and so she typed up a label and it put and put Janae's Darton journal. She taped it on and she Cute. put some paper in it. And it, I was little and I was playing with some toys in my room. And it, she had it behind her back and she surprised me with it. Aww. And she wrote a note in there. And she's like, you know, you write whatever you want. Your, your mom won't read it. It's private. Even I knew that wasn't the truth. I was like, she's going to read it. <laughs> There's no lock on it. Right, right. Exactly. Right. It's no lock. Yeah. And I knew at seven, I was like, yeah, right. So, uh, but that was my first. That was my. So I always said I was the first book with my name on the cover. So, like, so that's when I started writing was when she gave me that journal. Do you still, you still have, have it? I still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still have that journal. So I still have it. And I've been journaling ever since. So that's kind of where the writing came from. And I love to read. My mother loves to read. So we would read books all the time. And so it just, you know. Have you read it? My world. The You're, journal? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we should have asked you to bring it. I and know. Read. It's like that um, stand-up. It's that show that oh, kids yeah. read oh, from yeah, their journals. About, um, what is mortified? it? Mortified. mortified. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were journaling starting at 7 and reading a lot. Yeah, and so I just always like books and writing. Yeah. Okay. Were you writing for any school papers? We didn't have school papers. Uh, I went to a Catholic school. Not that okay. the Catholic school didn't oh, have school papers. Same. Okay. Yep. okay, but we didn't have school papers. We didn't have anything fun. <laughs> <laughs> we had mass, though. That uh, was fun. That was a hoot. I went to a very interesting... <laughs> what, what high school? What Catholic oh. in, in L.A. Oh, in L.A.? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. so up here I went to a, a Catholic school, 
K through 12, yeah. The whole time I went to Catholic school. Two Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. O'Dowd, you said? No, not O'Dowd. Oh, oh. St. Elizabeth High School for okay. for um, high school and then St. Cyril's for elementary school. Okay. So And now they were pretty progressive Catholic schools. Um, so, But the high school had a yearbook. So I was... Uh, editor of the year, but ah, so I was nice. able to do some of flex some of my journalism muscle. But okay, yeah, but I didn't do newspaper. They didn't have it. And then you ended up going to college at. So I went to UC San Diego. For That's right. Okay. And um, I I knew I wanted to write, but I wasn't sure, and so I was majoring in psychology, and it wasn't working for me. I wasn't working. For Everyone me. takes that psych 101 yeah, at, I mean, at bare I minimum. Like mental health <laughs> stuff too. So yep. that's why I was like, oh, I want to be a psychologist. <laughs> And then I was just like, this is not working. And so then I really loved ethnic studies. Like, I love mm. studying culture and history and race. And so I just, and I was like, what am I going to do with an ethnic studies degree? You know, so I just took a gamble. And I was like, that's where my heart is. Mm. And so I majored in ethnic studies, minored in literature. But I used my ethnic studies degree because I cover Oakland. Right, right. For the station. Yeah. Right. And so I, and I'm interacting with all kinds of people. So that's, you know, that what I learned, that history of different cultures comes up. And even when I worked in mental health advocacy, just looking at different cultures as far as how they mm. view mental health and how mental health stigma plays roles differently yes. in different cultures. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was able to use my ethnic studies degree. Then I went to, then I came back here, then I moved back down south and went to USC and studied journalism. Oh. So that's so, it. And that's where the reporting came that's into play? The, yeah. That's and I, I don't know, I, I used to work in TV news. Mm. Um, and uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I think when you when you start, I never reported. I was a producer. Okay. But I think Me when too. you I start off as a producer. Yeah. When you yeah. start, though, I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. And you're chasing after stories or guests. Um, but then uh, then things happen. Yeah. And um, what happened for you? You know, like for me, I, I left. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't. I saw what news, what was happening to local news, especially. Yeah. Um, it takes a certain type of person to be able to. Yeah, and I, I just got tired of it. It was the Scott uh, Scott Peterson trial oh, for me. Oh wow! And I, I was like, that. I'm not going to do this anymore. I remember that trial. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, for you, it sounds like you went the other way, and you're like, I'm totally into it. <laughs> <laughs> so how was how was that journey? I mean, you know, news isn't easy. It, no. It's not. So I understand. And I know some people who they worked in TV news and they left. I don't know if it was different for me because I went to public radio. So that might have been a little different. Yeah. Um, it's very report, different. The, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it very is, different. It's, it's a whole lot different. So I stuck with it. And it's funny because I, I wanted to give up sometimes just because it's hard, just because the pay is not the greatest. Right. And my mother be like, but that's in your heart. Follow your heart. And I'm like, I want to eat. Have a house. <laughs> I want the, the thing. My heart yeah. says I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm eating. But, but um, you know, but I, I mean, I love what I do. And I understand it's hard. I mean, I, and I took a break for a while. I had to because the market crashed. And I was sad about that. But then I worked for a nonprofit and did mental health advocacy and podcaster for them. So I was still able to do, like, what you're doing. Like, I was still able to flex that media muscle. Yeah. Like, but I understand why people step back. It's intense. And, you know? And I I wasn't, <laughs> I don't want to say bright enough, but I didn't ever think about going into, like, going to NPR or public radio. Now I wish I sort of did. Because you can actually tell story. You can tell it's the full. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, we started with yeah, you doing now. I mean, like, yeah. you're doing your thing now. Yeah. But I, I I appreciate NPR as I'm getting older. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, they actually 
they actually can tell a full story. Mm-hmm. It's not a not two just a minute, headline, a bite. Yeah, I was yeah. I was on a I was at a station, so right, it's like you right. have these little bites. That's yeah. what you have to fill. Yeah, in the station I work at, we can do seven minute stories. So it's, that's it's, crazy. Yeah, yeah, but and, and and I'm multimedia, so I'll do you know I'll do a print story. I'll do. You'll do a little documentary, do a little documentary. about East Oakland. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do all of that. So you started at a younger age. You took a break, and then you came back to it. How have you watched the landscape evolve now that, obviously, with the growth of social media, oh, yeah. I mean, with our current president, obviously, but, like, how have you watched it evolve? And does, is it scarier for you? Is it harder it is, for you now that is. you have all these voices in your ear and critics? Yeah, it is harder. I mean, because, you know, with social media, it's... it's you know, folks quick to cancel you, cancel culture. Yeah, um, I hate get, that phrase. Yeah, Ugh. things can get taken out of context. Some, somebody can just edit something to make it look like what it's not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just all the fake news. That's what really concerns me. It's like there's so much fake news. And, and even just the fact that the news that, you know, you're on Facebook or something, the news that's coming to you, I mean, there's algorithms, so they know what to yes. send you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was funny, my mother, she loves... My mother and I are close with her. I keep mentioning her. But um, she was talking to me she, about J-Lo and A-Rod. And she's always talking to me. I don't even know what that means. See? Right. right. She's you don't know what that means. I know Come J-Lo, on. but what about yeah. A-Rod? I don't know. They're together. Yeah. And so, Come on. Oh, A-Rod. A-Rod. Yeah. I heard hey. I'm old. Hey, I heard hayride. I'm all. Oh, that was, <laughs> she's been drinking. That's why it's, I had like four sips. It's of loud in this bar. It's loud in this bar. It is a little bar. She's hard of hearing. A That's why I have a Shirley Temple. But, You're smart. Uh, but what yeah. do you mean she's talking about them? Well, she keeps saying that. <laughs> Sorry, I want to go down this. Yeah, road. what's going on with them? Yeah, what's happening? They're gonna get married. Did you hear about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're engaged. I said, I said you're the only one talking about this. Yeah. She's like, it comes, she's like, it's on. She likes Yahoo News. She's like, it's on Yahoo oh. News. She's older. She's like, it's well, a Yahoo. Well, I, I also That's have hilarious. Yahoo News, but it makes me laugh because I'm like, you guys. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like pop sugar. Yes, it's okay. a little, yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's on Yahoo News all the time. And I think they're probably just sending it to you because I was like, right. nobody sends me. Because you click it, so you keep, right. yes. yeah, yeah, the so, algorithm. So she thinks it's the hottest thing out. And I was like, I don't think people are really talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people are, but she's like, all the time. What you think about? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just that. I mean, just how news can be funneled to you. It shifts our reality subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. So instead mm-hmm. of picking up a newspaper or whatever, and even that's problematic, right? Because you know, the newspaper only certain people were covering certain things. Yep. So that didn't give the whole scope of what the issues were about, too. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, you know, who's who's funding the newspaper and who and owns the newspaper? That, yeah, all, all of it. That, that shift too. Yeah. That shift too. So mm-hmm. it is concerning. You know, it definitely, it definitely is concerning. So talking about news Uh and all of those things, uh, you have a a noteworthy father. He's he's probably in uh, a lot of different histories and and talked about a lot. Um, His name's Christopher Darden, if you didn't know that. Uh, He was the co-prosecutor on the O.J. Simpson criminal criminal trial. And talking about news and social media, do you think about how that would have played out now versus how it played out in the 90s? Um, I know how it would have played out now. And are you happy that there is there was no social media then? I, well, it's funny. I used to say, and I've given talks, so I do mental health talks sometimes, and I talk about that time of my life during the OJ trial because I was living in, I mean, I'm born and raised in East Oakland, and so I went to a predominantly black and brown high school. Um, and so a lot of black, black folks, you know, they weren't, 
supportive of my father because they felt he portrayed the community. Um, so being a teenager and having to juggle all of that and going to school, thankfully, most of the people at my school supported me, even though they didn't agree with what he did. Thankfully, they had the maturity to say, I don't agree with what you did, but I can separate what he's doing and you. Mm. Um, but I, when I give talks about mental health and how that whole process mm. that time impacted my mental health, I, I, use, I usually mention that I'm so happy social media was around, I couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. Then last year, around almost around this time last year, he um, was a defense attorney for the man accused of killing Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle, right. And so I was at home in my shorts <laughs> <laughs> editing somebody's script, and then my phone just started blowing up. And they're like, you know, my friend's like, is your dad crazy? And I was like, what? And so then I went online and I saw that he was defending this man. And so, and I was like, oh my God. You're like, yeah. really dad again? Yeah, no, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that's yeah. exactly what I said. I was like, oh shit, you know? And so um, I went on social media. So like, I was like, okay, Facebook, it was pretty quiet. Then I was like, I, was, I know black Twitter about to light me up. Not, not no black Twitter. It was Instagram, but you know, younger, younger, younger people. Instagram. Okay. My Instagram really? Was on fire. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes, it was on fire with with just horrible, horrible comments and threats. So I said, oh, so this is how it would have been. Oh, okay. With the OJ trial. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. So I'm glad. You know, I'm older, so I was able to handle it. Um, and push back and luckily it went viral um and so people because people are like it went viral and people are like this is crazy because i issued a statement you know basically i have nothing to do with this so please leave me alone mm. and so and it went viral and people I and mean, it was on tv like wendy williams talked about it Jeez. yeah and so, <laughs> right <laughs> and so people were people were like why are they harassing her she has nothing to do with it and so then it it, it dropped dramatically hmm. um yeah, I think if anything, what that teaches us is like we we all as a society are very sick. Like we have oh, issues yeah. Oh, yeah. if we can't even separate separate yeah. a person in their job from their family. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, you know, it's one thing to disagree with someone, but to attack yeah. everyone in their in their periphery. Right. Although Trump is a different that's a different. It's just we're <laughs> sick as a nation well, to yeah. do this to each other. We have a problem. No, it does. Uh, and I think a lot of those people are just unhappy. And, you know, because some of those people were just troll accounts. Yep. Um, and yep. they're unhappy. And so if they can attack, they can attack. Um, you know, it's misogyny, misogyny noir. You know, she's huh. a black woman. We go attack her. Uh-huh. You know, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think it was misogyny based. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and then, you know, some people were hurting and some people I think were like, how could he do this? Because of how they see my father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just a mixture of all of that. But um, thankfully, once it went viral, the statement I issued, people left me alone. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up in L.A. around that time. Oh, okay. I was also yeah. in high school. This is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicole Brown lived down the street from my house, like oh, maybe wow. a, a couple miles okay. away on, off off of Bundy. Okay. And oh, you lived in Brentwood? No, no, no. I lived in Santa Monica, Venice, like right where it cuts off. But Bundy's a long street. Okay. It goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to live in LA too. You know the okay. Santa Monica Airport? 
Uh-huh. Right yeah, yeah. there, okay. right near there. Yeah, so oh, kind okay. of the cutoff between Santa Monica and Venice. Okay. But um, so obviously it was a big deal in my neighborhood, in my community. Oh, yeah. And I remember when he was acquitted in high school, we were all watching it and everyone was cheering. Oh, you know, yeah. it was like a, a whole thing and it was such a weird. Yes. Yeah, the freeway. I mean, when he was yeah, yeah. on the run. So I, I can only imagine what it was like for you being part of that but wanting to kind of hide your yourself yeah. and, and, and disassociate. I hid for about 35 years. <laughs> I did. I hid for a long time. Um, I mean, you know, my parents did the best to make sure that I didn't get caught up in all of that. And I really distanced myself from it. I, it's funny because at that time, I had wanted to be a journalist. But when I saw the tabloids, that's you know, that's, that kind of yeah. made me turn it off for a while that's what um, I was gonna ask because you're you're a journalist right. and um, you're interviewing people and you're right. talking about these stories and I I didn't know how that affected you yeah, and how that that time affected you and then you took the 35 year break <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a reporter but did it I was wondering if it influenced you or it just turned you away it turned me away but mm-hmm. and then when I decided like this is really what I wanted to do I just kept that in mind you know, as far as, you know, just how you approach people, how you treat people, facts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I just keep it in mind. Well, well, I think that uh, People versus OJ coming out. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, one, I loved it. It was a great yeah, was series. Great. And I think, if anything, that could help at least for people to empathize and understand the other side and what they were going through. So what was your experience? Did you watch it? What were your thoughts? I did. And, and um, people did empathize. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did watch it. I followed. I blogged about each episode. Mm-hmm. So if you watch it, you can see each episode. I'm like, okay, that happened. That didn't happen. I don't remember that. You know, and I would ask my father, like, did this happen? Did that happen? Um, but it was, no, it was very entertaining. It was mm-hmm. very, very entertaining. Was it accurate? I don't think 100%. Because, you know, it was dramatized. Right, too. right, yeah. It was on um, FX. And there was, you know, <laughs> and there was something, of course, I didn't know because I wasn't down there. You know, I wasn't in L.A. I mean, I went to, I think I went to trial twice, maybe. Wow. But, wow. Um, I mean, it, it does show you the intensity, though. It mm-hmm. does definitely reflect just the intensity and the chaos and the craziness. And it put a mirror up to, you know, how we as a society act when it comes to celebrity mm-hmm. culture and race and, and all race. That. Yeah. I was gonna say I didn't you know, going into this interview I thought more about you being a kid during that time and your father um, prosecuting. I didn't think about the the race part yeah. of that story for you. Oh no and and yeah. your community not all. Yeah. But there's a majority that what you, like you said earlier felt like your dad was betraying Oh yeah. No if black you, people right. and and you're a kid. <laughs> right. No, like, I wouldn't tell, you know, like, my mom, like, don't tell people your last name. Yeah. Um, I look like my father. So sometimes people are like, you look familiar. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I did this really up until probably, like, maybe a year or so before the show had come on. I really didn't tell people um, because it was so much judgment. And then mm-hmm. when I saw that the show was actually, people started to have some empathy and kind of be more open-minded. Then I, I, you know, I disclosed, but for, I just, I just, it's, it's, it were people I knew for years and they didn't know I was related to my father until that show. And they're like, I didn't know you for 15 years. And, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> like, it was, it was trauma. I mean, yeah. I, I, well, no, they, 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 you know, they understand. Traumatizing. 
Yeah, well, and, and you do. I did hear you. I, I, I saw you speak at, at an event. I wasn't there, but I watched you speak uh, at an event. And you bring up that that was sort of the, the start of like the anxiety and the, and the depression yeah, for yeah. you. It was. It was. I was dealing with those issues before, but that intensified it mm-hmm. um, because it, it affected my relationship with, with me and my father. So that it made it even more intense. And then when I went off to college, I was really struggling because I was having this. Sometimes when people go through something traumatic, they don't do the healing work that they need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or they're just still, you know, or they're just still going through the post-trauma. And so that's what he and he was dealing with. And so it was hard for us to connect again. Huh. So I was yeah. carrying this 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 weight of like, I'm carrying this name that when people hear it, that's the first thing they ask. You know, and then but, but I'm disconnected to this person. And then too, like, you know, vultures. Like, you know, when if you relate to somebody famous, if you deal with people that think they can get something out of you, yep. or you dealing with people that jealous of you because they think you just hanging out with stars and yeah. living fat and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So you, so you, you got to deal with vultures too. So I had to learn at an early age to fight off vultures and be very careful who I trust. So just all of that, you know, I went to all of that into college. So I was just, and it took me a long time to just, it took me a long time to just get through all of that. And I didn't, and you're talking about this, I didn't think about your father being traumatized. I yeah, just that didn't. Was and and mm-hmm. how old? I don't even know how old he was when he that, was about my age. He was 40. So he was young. Yeah. That's and that's young. a lot to yeah. take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when your community doesn't like you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you have to, yeah. And you well, have and, to defend yourself. Yeah, you have to defend yourself. Yeah, it's so. just even more frustrating because the case wasn't about race. They made it about race, but the heart of it was misogyny, uh, abuse, domestic yeah. abuse. I mean, you know, it was a lot toxic of, uh, but, masculinity. Yeah, yes. I mean, but race did play a role in it, right? Because of the tampering of the evidence, and then when you look at the well, history, right, right, the LAPD, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So there was that. that okay, was yeah, and then and then they, and it was right after Rodney King, right? You know, right after Rodney very King, very charged, right? Time. So yeah, very, the timing very, of yeah, very very racially charged time, and then you know, there's a history of black men with white women, right? Um, well, you know, any POC man with a white yeah, woman, yeah, too. Yeah, but like especially <laughs> yeah. with black men, as yeah. far as being lynched and. Oh, but yes. you know, being associated yeah. with white women, so like, so I understand. I don't agree with, but I understand logically. And I knew this as a kid. You know, I understood why black people were upset. I right. understood why. And you know, some of the way OJ was presented in the media, like it was that Newsweek cover where his face was really darkened, and people yes. found that to be racist. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so it was just like you know, so the media was playing a role in. in it. I mean, it was just chaos. You know, it was like my dad said, it was a circus. It was. It was a circus. So it's just all these elements, you know, happening, and and you ending up at USC. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I went to UC San Diego undergrad. And I'm glad I did, because um, I got into UCLA and something oh. told me not to go. Yeah, and it was it was still raw. It was like two yeah. years after the trial. And something, oh, yeah. something in my spirit told me, don't go. And I was like, but it's UCLA, you know. And I went to UC UC San Diego, and I'm glad I made that choice. And I'm looking back now. Because like when all that Nipsey stuff went down, like my sister, she was a student at UCLA. People were blowing her up, and she's oh. on campus. Oh. So you know, so I was like, oh, so I would have made experience that if I was at UCLA, and people would have been like, are you darn? You know, so I don't know how my experience at UCLA would have been. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's still it's still raw for out. people. Yeah. People will still get in arguments over it. Oh yeah, it's the in I LA. Mean, it's the trial of the century. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's still because raw. it's associated with the riots and Rodney King oh, yeah. and everything. And it's still the trifecta, issue, right? And there's still issues happening. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's still raw. That's why people, you know, like were really angry when he, def- you know, was going to be the defense attorney for um, that man accused of killing Nipsey. So. Well, I, I want to thank you for talking about that part because I, I wasn't sure if you would. And it's it is it's 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 fucking touchy. <laughs> it is, I mean, and I don't mind talking about it just so people will know, you know, like if there's a hopefully it's not. But if there's another family. Yeah. Know, affected. Affected that, you know, so don't just pop off at everybody. Right. And like, take a moment and that you take a moment, you know, and mm. just kind of just pause. You know, not just say people get emotional, but it's like. Just because somebody's on a TV screen, that doesn't mean they're not a real person. And I feel like that also plays into social media and just there are real people that are really affected by these stories. Yeah. Um, for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Decades. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I wanted well, we to ask about, you, yeah. can you, can you still find Sterling K. Brown hot even though he's played your dad? <laughs> Sorry. He's a be- he's a good looking man, Sterling. But so then he played your father. <laughs> Sterling Sterling K Brown is very handsome. I haven't met him yet. I've talked to him. Oh. Uh, we've talked, and then I keep in touch with his wife, uh, Ryan Michelle Bethe. Um Sterling is very handsome man, and it is weird because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I look at him and I'm like, wow, he's ripped. And but he does kind of look like your dad. And then he, he looks like my dad. And I'm like, mm. and it's funny because one of my friends came up to me and she was conflicted. She was like, <laughs> she was like, he hella fine, but he looked like yo, but that's like your dad, but it's not your dad. She was like, but, like our age. she was like, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, like Sterling, so okay. Sterling is old enough to be my brother. So, so she was like, it's weird. So yeah, I, yes. Sterling, I would look at as a as a as a brother, a big brother. Aww, that's nice. how I would look at him. It's like, yeah, that's my nice looking big brother. <laughs> but yeah, but <laughs> that's a great question. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, I will go into your writing now. Book, yeah. um, but some of that comes into um, your writing and your books. Yeah. And um, right now, I'm looking at uh, your book of poetry. Called when a purple rose blooms, and I love the cover because it's—I um, don't know—I feel like we all put on that that suit every day when we go outside, and um, you definitely do. So, please, please talk about this this work. The, the book that wanted to be made—I had no—that's <laughs> <laughs> what I call it because I had no um, thought of even making a book of poetry. There's essays in there too. Um, but I was pitching another book on black sexuality, and I've been having a hard well, I have time. A, I have notes about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so maybe our that's next for section. Like se- <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? When yeah, I was so looking you up. We should have opened with the black sexuality. Yeah. God, next well, time we got to plan this better. Yeah. Like, anyway, go on. Bitches, booze, sharks, and black sexuality. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, there's four other podcasts in this podcast at this point. Thanks, Sergio. <laughs> So, yeah, so, you know, and I was pitching that book, and I'm still working on it, and I was getting rejected, and my mentor, he said, why would you, um, shout out to Lenar Moore, um, he said, why would you, you have all, he's like, you write poetry, you have essays that you've written, he's like, put it in a book, and I thought, oh, I didn't think about that, so that's why I said, that's the book that wanted to be made, so yeah, it's a collection of poetry and essays, this is my experience with love, race, and mental health. 
and sex. And you're you're well, you have been touring with this book. I have. I've been doing a lot of readings, and uh, yeah. and what's the reaction for you? Um, the reaction has been really, really good. People like it. Uh, people like the pieces. People like the honesty. Uh, people relate to a lot of what's in there. Sometimes people tell me that they just open the book and they landed on a, a piece that related to them, like what they were going through at that time. So she's pretty magical too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just about just you know, a lot of things I've been through. So there's some stuff in there about the OJ trial and my relationships, overcoming mental health stigma, you know, or dealing with mental health stigma. So. That's cool. Like that. I, I love it. I, I was just at an open mic night last night at the Museum of African Diaspora in oh, San Francisco. Yeah, boy, yeah. So I love um, it was just so inspiring. And, and I want to I want to turn it to Coco Fly, your website okay. and um, why you started it, because we need these voices and we, we need to have more outlets for people to one, find the news that they can relate to yeah. and also have a voice. It's funny. And Mo has been a big supporter of, of the book, um, but yeah, um, I started the blog, so funny story, years ago when I was at NPR, I, I had to help produce a, a blogger's roundtable, and I was mad because I was like, nobody reads blogs, like blogs aren't going to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your mom is really yeah, proud about yeah, you, yeah, blo your blog. Yeah, when blogs were just started, right? And were, I was like, nobody's going to read blogs. I'm like, no, blogs are not that big of a deal. Okay, so I was so wrong, right? <laughs> Um, and so when the market crashed and I need to, you know, again, flex those writer's muscles, I started blogging. So I started Coco Fly. And it was just really like my thoughts and issues of what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I still do when I have time because I work a full-time job. But yep. just kind of my thoughts of, of what's going on in the world or just things happening to me and, you know, ways I can inspire people and, and or just make them think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our, what are you working on now besides KLW? <laughs> oh my goodness, what am I working on? Right now I'm working on basically getting the book out there. Um, I've been curating readings on black women and mental health, so I have some friends who are wonderful writers, and we've been doing readings um, at different uh, literary events on black women and mental health, and so they're reading their work, and we're talking about black women and mental health. We did, for Lit Quake, which is a huge literary festival in the Bay Area, we did um, last year at the Oakland Library on a Monday night. Monday night, Oakland Library, we had 60 people come out. Nice. So that just tells you how much people want to talk about it. And so we're not therapists. You know, we don't have the answer, but we just want people to know that, you know, if you're dealing with a mental health challenge, that it's okay. It doesn't mean you're inferior. It doesn't mean you're unworthy. And, like, so many people go through this. And we just want just people to know, like, you're not the only one going through things. You're not the only one suffering. And that there's hope, too. You know. Well, I'll close the loop on that. The, per the person I was talking to this morning about trying to figure out, you know, uh, not having to have a nine to five and, and, and switching it was my therapist. Yeah. And I, these two can tell you, I love therapy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, therapy's great. And um, I appreciate too. it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and I encourage people, they can, you know, try it. And, and, and you may have a therapist and go to and meet with it. It's like, it's like, I always say, like, find a therapist is like finding a partner. You know, you got to make sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you got to make sure you click. And so yes. you may, yeah, yeah, you may yeah. meet with a therapist and they, you don't click with them. I wouldn't, don't just totally abandon an idea. You know, go, you know, try some more till you find the right one. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say it's like dating, but sort of. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like yeah. trying to find a partner, you know. Yeah. It is. It's all about communication, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. And make sure you click and you can trust them. And 
It is and trust. Feel com- yeah, and feel comfortable. Yeah. So um, I'm, g- I'm going to wrap this up. Janae, where can people find you? So people can find me uh, if they go on any social media. <laughs> just about all of them. <laughs> not all of them. Okay. Are you on TikTok? I mean, TikTok. I don't even know. I can't do We're video. still no, trying we to know. figure out yeah, TikTok, what I, the kids are doing I, these I days. I can't do video. I, I do a little video on Instagram if that. Um, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at CocoFly, um, Twitter, at Janae Darden. You can go to CocoFly.com and pretty soon JanaeDarton.com. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I just want to chime in before we end because I feel bad that I forgot to mention my love for Luke Perry. Oh, I know. Uh, This was the first thing she brought up. Yeah, love. uh, So I have an important question for you. Is it Dylan and Brenda or Dylan and Kelly? Oh, Brenda. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. The most important question of the whole podcast. Before we leave, I just had to make sure. All the way. Their love was pure. Yeah, that turned me off. I think I stopped watching that. Right? Kelly and then everyone just forgave her like oh well I know I was like they were best friends yeah that's that? not okay okay yeah. that's a great moment to end on so <laughs> thanks for, <laughs> yeah, thanks Janae for being on the podcast thank you all for having me of course fun. our pleasure yep that was our very very special guest and new friend of the show new best friend of yeah, the show Janae Darden um, thank you so much Janae for sharing your stories uh, and your thoughtfulness and being open to our questions, uh, especially about um, Sterling K. Brown playing <laughs> your father. <laughs> Which I guess maybe she didn't hear before. So good for you, Ange. Well, I, I thought, like, uh, obviously this is never going to happen to me. Nobody hot is ever going to play my father. <laughs> Tony? In a, I mean. Although they should. Tony is, I think you know. if Elvis were still alive, Elvis would have played your father <laughs> in the made-for-TV film. If we reversed everything. No, you can't be the same age playing the same like it's got to be someone younger we're in in the twilight zone era who would play my dad now that would be hot there's no asian oh uh stamos john cho but he's not filipino oh um john cho is very you don't watch and i'm he's if we ever interview him he can kill me for not remembering his name but you don't watch the good place do you you haven't started no the guy who plays jason mendoza who's filipino Hilarious. Okay. Anyways, if anyone watches a good place, you'll know who I'm talking <laughs> so about. So he'll play my dad in the yeah. story of my life. Yeah, okay, he's hot. Done. What do you want? Anyways, um, that was Janae Darden. Again, thank you, Janae, for sharing your story and being open and honest about all of that. And this was just really fun. Yeah. Look, we're in a different place. If you've been listening. With someone else's credit card tonight, Sergio. Hopefully, it's just been a, a ride in, in Oakland. Well, We've had a good time. Well, we're, we're still at the Mad Oak. And so we don't, I don't know exactly what's going to end up on the cutting room floor, but we were invaded <laughs> yes. by, by multiple people. By multiple people here in Oakland, but uh, in more particular, uh, a fellow by the name of Sergio. Sir, hold on, I have his credit card right here. I and know his last name. His also. mother, Ruth. Sergio. Her- his mother, Ruth. He has I a Wells a Fargo Platinum credit debit card. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Four six two nine three five five seven. Yep. No. 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 We're not doing you like that, Sergio. But anyways, he bought us drinks. He was super stoked about a podcast. We've had two different dudes though, excited that we're actually recording a podcast right now. Well, what's so funny is I didn't realize that behind me is the bathroom. That's why he kept coming through. <laughs> and then you guys were saying, "Oh, we like for part one, we kept saying, oh, we got to finish quick. We got to finish quick.' Because He's going to be, be back. <laughs> He'll be back. And sure enough, 
There he is. There they, he was. We, Here it he was comes. like we had two seconds left, and it was. You guys are still here. Yeah. <laughs> it, but he's sweetheart. He's great. He loves and, and uh, he he loves the podcast, and he's given us a lot of yeah. a lot of love. So that was sweet. And we and we called him the flavor flav of what was that? Uh, we called him flavor flav. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Sounded in my headphones. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are only recording live in, in Oakland. Yeah, I just this is this is we, fucking nuts. And we haven't done any live podcasts from the Oakland. Love that we're get, oh, <laughs> I love. Angie's literally gonna get some love tonight from Oakland. Well, you already no, have actually. See, Char's no back is. I can't to see anything, so everything's happening, and Char's I don't know. back is no. It's just a and look at this gentleman. Thank you, sir. Sir. You're the best. Right. Anyways, Oakland's treated us very well tonight. God damn. Including Janae Darden. Thank you so much. We want to have her back on the show and or work with her on maybe a live show. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. And there's yeah, a she's lot. great. And it was fun afterwards. We were all kind of yeah. just shooting the shit. And, maybe uh, she'll yeah. be with us at Sundance next year. I don't know. Well, there she's, might be. She's a, she's a producer brain, and we all can respect producer slash hustler slash done a lot <laughs> right and so she totally like could totally like i could talk to her and i'd know that when i'm talking about you know the crazy life of a producer she was just like she totally got it and well, it, it's funny because i wanted to say after we were done recording we kept interviewing her but really yeah. we were just having a conversation yeah. it's actually called a conversation in real <laughs> life and like the interview continued we could have kept recording because I mean, she's just so interesting. Yeah, I love her, and I'm, I'm thankful for her being on the show. And uh, in the meantime, you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning on BFF.FM from 6 to 6.30. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please. 